They sit around and judge fictional people from their cold, empty desktops. Or should I say, their coffins. Zombie Podcasters, next on Six Ad World. Excuse me. See, that's why I thought a montage would be good, because then it ends with just us being, like, normies. I mean, I, I get it. It's just that I, I don't... It just seems like repeating the same joke over and over really quickly to me. Yeah, the terror that flaps in the night. That's not... <laughs> that's no, that's not really quick. It, it, that wouldn't be good if he just said it five times in a row, Zane. I refer you to the supercat. The supercut of it. <laughs> the supercat! <laughs> the supercat! Oh, boy! Damn you! <laughs> Damn you, supercat! <laughs> supercat and froglations. You... you, you, you flaunced your claws for the last time <laughs> super cat <laughs> this time you won't be landing on your feet <laughs> wow <laughs> maybe we should do an intro about super cat <laughs> Does it make sense? um i i feel like with the six ad world they were like daria's just watching an episode of ugly americans Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Ugly Americans is like runs pretty close to what Six Ad World is going for. It's like mundane with something fantastical involved. Next on Six Ad World. Fantastic. Yes. <clears throat> All right. Let's do it, Zane. Let's do it. I well, don't want to. <laughs> it's too damn bad. <laughs> is there a reason that we should talk to people? There's How nothing to be gained by social interaction at any level. Is a less less charismatic. Um, God, what was the main character's name from Cromarty High School? Oh, Kamiyama. Yeah, <laughs> I love Kamiyama. Just stonewall the plot. <laughs> Isn't that right, Hayashida? Um, I guess all right, so, so. <laughs> man. I, I agree, but um, we'll, we'll talk about Daria in a second. Uh, well. Welcome, everybody. Yes. You Welcome to the Carton Cast. My name is Ben. My name is Zane. And this is the show. This is the podcast where we review old cartoons and see what we think of them as adults. You're standing on my cast. You're standing on my cast? Podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is my stop. Time to get off. Wait. You're standing on my cast. That's what you were doing. Got it. Would you like me to sing it? Kind of? I'm not your performing monkey. <laughs> oh, boy. Man. I feel I feel like you really focused in on one aspect of this show, Zane. Why did I focus in on my like the aspect I liked the least? Also, yeah. Uh, first of all, agreed. Second of all, she's not that nasally. It's <laughs> I'm I'm overcompensating because you know as we've established, I can't do girl voices. Yeah, that's right. Your dead Jamaican is pretty much all you got. <laughs> one trick pony. <laughs> it's a pretty dead pony. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. So. Yeah, Zane, what are we watching today? We are watching Daria, a show that ran from 1997 to 2002 on MTV. Yes, this is uh, a this was a spin-off of the very popular and I would say influential Beavis and Butthead by Mike Judge. Yeah, did you go back and and watch the clip where they introduced Daria on that show? Uh no. What was Beavis it like? Beavis and Butthead is pretty unbearable. 
Yeah. Is what I found from that. Do you mind if I go look it up real quick? Alright. <laughs> Alright, hang on a sec. I'll do the production while you're doing that. Uh, so MTV also produced the series. It ran until 2007 on The N, which was the precursor to Teen Nick. Uh, and the show was made by Susie Lewis-Lynn and Glenn Eichler, who said he intended to spoof high school in a world where nobody found happiness. Hang on just a second. I'm going to watch this real quick. You're going to have to cut something out. <laughs> this is quality. <laughs> oh, my God. Beavis and Butthead. Come on. Wow. The animation really not that great. No, it's a trash fire. I do like they're doing guitar riffs with their voices, though. <laughs> da, 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 da. I'm going to put the clip in the background and see if you can sync it up. Uh, they called her diarrhea. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, this is pretty bad. Told you. Yeah, it's, it's pretty not good. And it's also not what I... You know, it's not really Daria, you know? No. Which is fine. Like, <laughs> they, I'm, they, I'm glad they that they did mold. Yeah, I'm glad that they... Uh, that they did a spin-off very loosely based on the on the main character from before. Yeah, I mean they kept some of the themes and social commentary, uh, but they really changed the tone and focus of it. Oh yeah, definitely. And and, and made it even like So like Beavis and Butthead kinda all focused on like I don't know, human idiocy. Beavis and, and Butthead Daria kinda doesn't. Like it it that's a major oh, contributing wow, factor of the show. <laughs> but I feel like it's more about human hypocrisy. Oh, yeah. Hypocrisy is a major theme. The thing about Beavis and Butthead is I think it was the 90s, their version of liking something ironically and hipsterism was about like, it's not good and therefore it is good. Yeah, it's sort of like this abandonment of pretension that that we have just kind of been building up for a few a few decades. There, There's, you know, this is a pretty it's prevalent argument. Movement. Yeah, there's a pretty, pretty prevalent argument that kind of has been fostered on the internet that's like, I mean, there's there's many ways in which it articulates, but essentially the smart people are like, we're smart. And then, you know, less smart people are like, you're PC police slash whatever slash whatever. And it's just like people who want to go away from the idea of um, of being above it all. Right. It's so <laughs> weird to have like people be like, I'm against the culture. It's like there's. There's many cultures. You can't just be against all of them. <laughs> yeah, like I think that Daria at its base is all about this idea of it's okay to be like smart and like critical of things around you, but you can't entirely remove yourself from those. Like you're not living in a world of black and white where everything is stupid and the answer is just to opt out. I remember in second grade when they let us pick uh, free books from the library. Yeah, reading is fundamental. And I took forever picking one out, and the librarian was like, why don't you do this one? I'm like, I don't know. Everybody likes that book, and, <laughs> and I don't want them to choose for me. And the librarian's like, if you're just doing the opposite of what they want you to do, you're still <laughs> letting them decide for you. And hipsterism was destroyed before I even knew what it was. And I read the book, and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, so I, I like these. I like the conception of this show being all about like, um, kind of, uh, what's the word? Deconstructing that that pretension that a lot of people whom feel like kind of big fish in a small pond uh, in in high school. Yeah, no one understands like, them because they're great, but it turns out they're not actually great. No, they're just different, and they're letting that kind of um, define everything about them. Like, Daria will have moments where she's like, why does everyone label me the misery chicks? Because you're miserable. <laughs> like, don't be <laughs> difficult. <laughs> 
Um, and, and I have a lot of feelings, like, pent up in the characters here. Because yeah. you know, on one hand, I really identify with Daria. And on the other hand, she's really insufferable. In the same way that, like, I identify with atheists, but online, they're really insufferable. Like... I They're kind of that, doing a disservice to the parts that I like about them. I figured that you would identify with Daria a lot just <laughs> because of that. Yeah, um, definitely so. Especially because it's kind of like a, like Daria basically was our older brother for three years of his life or so. Oh, I think you dipped into this as well. That, that's what I mean is like... Well, yes, but only because I idol-worshipped our older brother. <laughs> yeah. It's different reasons. I, not, not to get too frank about it, but you, you had... You, there were times when you were being insufferable and I'm like... Why? Why? What is this getting you? <laughs> <laughs> Not that I wasn't obnoxious in my own ways. I was just much sunnier about it, I think. Many, many sheeples were labeled in those years, but uh, enough about me. <laughs> many sheeples were lost. <laughs> many sheeples were war. labeled to bring us these plans. Um, <laughs> enough, enough about uh, my <laughs> terrible past, which we shouldn't talk about, and I will deflect with humor at all costs. <laughs> Uh, let's talk. Let's I think talk. We've about... learned a lot today. Oh boy, uh, Zane, I kind of missed your production history. Did you have anything else to say about it? Um, just that the creators said that they intended to spoof high school in a world where nobody found happiness. Yeah. So, like, this is like uh, the generation after Saved by the Bell. You know, you have a bunch of kids who are like really into school spirit and 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 want to be part of the group, or, or like Breakfast Club, right? Yeah. Where. And we are made to hate them. Yeah, in in this incarnation, we are made to hate them. Because now the cartoon creators are not the ones with the popularity. They're the ones without. And it's sort of like uh, the recent advent of so many um, indie cartoons, right? Like like, uh, Adventure Time and things like that, where the people who make sense are not the ones. Like the people who know what works aren't making the cartoons. So you get a lot of the weird off-ball stuff. Uh huh. And so, like, each generation of cartoon is sort of a reaction to the last generation, like, in stark contrast and in rebellion, too. And this really feels like a rebellion against things like Saved by the Bell. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's weird how culture tends to shift in that way. I mean, if you follow political movements, if you follow, like, the evolution of a music, like jazz, everything's a reaction against the thing that just happened. Totally. And so I, I find it interesting just because. I am generally a conformist. Yes, <laughs> that is true. Um, I pick my battles very carefully for when I want to go against the grain. Yeah, well, I, I think you have a... Um... And so I, I had a little trouble with this show seeing people who couldn't tell when to go against what the popular people wanted at all and people who needed to do it constantly, you know... Yeah, they didn't do it. Because they had a chip on their shoulder. Exactly. They didn't do it to achieve any sort of end. They did it because that's who they are. Like, they are um, counter, like, anti-authority kind of people. And that's the only reason why they're being pissants. It's not to actually, like, achieve a social justice or further their own, uh, like, like make progress in their particular career or something. It's just because they don't want to do what everyone else is doing like like your book like you're you're choosing that book kind of idea and i've been guilty of that and everyone has been guilty of that and and it's interesting like the episodes where they have to confront that hypocrisy and realize oh something that everybody's enjoying might actually be good 
Um, mm-hmm. Those are the episodes that I really enjoyed, and I felt like uh, Daria and other characters were growing. Um, but then there were other ones where it's it's just sort of a South Park, like, yeah, everyone's an idiot. Yeah, they, they sort of play it straight. And yeah, I, I agree. Those are I think that uh, those are more in the first couple of seasons before they kind of really balanced that whole uh, that whole hypocrisy angle on Daria's character. I found that the later seasons of the show were much better. Actually. I actually preferred the earlier ones. No kidding. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I thought it was a little too in your face about it in the later seasons. Really? Oh, weird. I didn't watch too many episodes of the later ones, but... Oh, I watched mostly episodes of the later ones. Like, I felt like... I really wanted to dig into that Tom, Daria, Jane love triangle. You are welcome to. I just won't have much to contribute. That's <laughs> no, okay. Um, it wasn't no, that interesting. I, I saw a few episodes where Daria like wavered a bit on whether or not she would do the thing she was quote unquote supposed to and ended up just pissing everyone off because she half measured it. Yeah, it's um. so I, I like to, if I may bring us out of, um, oh, yeah, yeah. Out of focus <laughs> for a second. I like to consider this show as kind of the next gradation of Doug and Pepper Ann. Yes. So we have, I mean, at its heart, it is a teen drama, right? And mm-hmm. slash comedy. And so that this is what doing what Doug and Pepper Ann did is look at this one character and how they, um, how they react to the world around them. And they can build these kind of greater themes using these very cartoonish uh, caricatures of, of, of people and and uh, environments. So right. in Doug, they did it for like early middle school. Um, Pepper and I guess late middle school, and also to some a, a slightly different end. Um, but those were both playing it straight. You know, like moral of the story at the end of the day is you got to pick your battles or be nice to people or trust them or you know whatever. This yeah. one is in a little bit of opposition to that while also kind of also playing it. It's, it's kind of a weird gradation on that curve and i think that's an understandable like this came out of mtv this wasn't nickelodeon yeah that's true and and, you know if you wanted to even go farther we also get the same kind of show in king of the hill one of my judges later or maybe earlier i don't actually remember what king of the hill was but it is eternal yeah (laughs) that's right boomhauer is eternal (laughs) damn man i'm telling you i'm time lord man Wow. <laughs> Shirt idea. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, yeah. So it, it's less of of an extension of those shows with this sort of typical, stereotypical, um, you know, high school drama show. It's more of this is MTV's and, and Comedy Central's kind of mocking X, where X is now that show. Yeah, the, the, it, it has mean, a completely is, different pedigree from Doug, even if the subject matter is similar. I think it's all because it's a different audience than Doug. Yes, like they're they're trying to reflect what their audience is in a lot of ways. So like the people watching MTV are outcasts, right? Um, or at least they were in <laughs> that in, in that point of MTV's life. No, I think forever. I mean, maybe forever. <laughs> let's, let's, let's paint that broad brush now. <laughs> sure, like why not? <laughs> what, what is this like a paint roller even? Wait a minute, the only time you watched MTV was at the gym on those TVs. <laughs> no, or, or at my friend's house watching Robin Big. There you go. Unironically. Big, big <laughs> and Rob. A lot of fun. It, uh, but yeah, like, so Doug it was marketed to family-oriented people or, you know, it, it, w- it was to a younger crowd. It was to a more wholesome crowd. 
and Daria was for people who were kind of outcasts or misfits. Mm-hmm. So and it, it turns it, out a lot of people were because they had um, they had a couple of TV movies that had a lot of celebrity uh, vocal talent come on. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I watched both of them at some point, but I don't remember any, you know, vocal talent. I didn't. I didn't watch them, but I know, um, you know, people like uh, Dave Grohl. And, oh uh, yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever something indie and kind of offbeat shows up, you can kind of bet Dave Grohl might have played a bass. Yes, symbols of the time. Yeah, um, and the culture. Uh, he was also playing the symbols of time. What are you saying? I'm, I got kind of lost. <laughs> Dave Grohl is also a timeless. <laughs> okay, so he's Doctor the Time Who, Lord's backup musician. Yeah, Doctor Who's thirteenth and fourteenth lives are Boomhauer and Dave Grohl. <laughs> I think this this is canonical. We've this all read great. the fanfic. I would love um, to. I would love to see like that evolution, uh, like shirt with like the Neanderthal and like the gorilla, and it slowly becomes a man. <laughs> But it's all like the little like incarnations of the Time Lords and Boomhauer and Dave Grohl at the end. Um, so uh, you know this, but uh, for the listener, I was recently on um, the Scooby Doo podcast. What's with you, Scooby Doo? Yes. Because um, uh, Nick came on and guested on our podcast. And Go listen to the Scooby Doo episode, guys. It's really good. And, and the issue came up of what if the next uh, Doctor Who was Scooby Doo or just like a dog? <laughs> oh yeah, I do remember that. And. I think that's a great, great idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, great point, Zane. Thanks for making it. Um, so I guess let's let's talk a little bit about the plot. Like, we talked kind of about the structure, but the plot is that Daria is a misanthrope who goes through high school, generally alienating herself from people who, in turn, are obviously not worth her time, and essentially is just a a story of personal growth and development through that. One that she is actively resisting. Yeah, and, and she she thinks that any any growth or any humbling experience is like selling out. Yeah, or that she already <laughs> has all the answers, and any contrary evidence is is um is just the man telling her lies. You know, yeah. which you know, like I can I can relate to that. That makes I don't uh, I don't know who to trust. To, to be generally. fair, it's very easy for her to mock the people around her because, like you said, they are caricatures of the high school archetypes. Oh yeah, they're straw men. And and a lot of the show is just their antics. So so it, it almost progresses as a normal high school drama show, with Daria as this like agent of resistance against this, that, or the other. Yeah, and I I want to get back into that in a little bit because the idea that you show the show is dealing with very kind of serious and realistic themes while being filtered through this terribly unrealistic lens is one that I want to dissect. All right. But it all starts with uh, the main character, Daria. Right. Uh, as we said, she originated in Beavis and Butthead, where she hung out with them to annoy her parents, which is immediately believable. Yeah, it seems like something she might do. She's like pretty spiteful. Uh, but the idea is that she moved away from that um, from <laughs> yeah, that high school because there was uranium in the water. <laughs> well, which is the, great. The the show's producers made the decision like, okay, Beavis and Butthead cannot be a presence on this show. We're taking it in a completely different direction. We don't want to taint the brand. I I had heard that if it didn't take off, they would have had Beavis and Butthead back on. But, yeah, that's how, that's how you save that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, well, not how they save it, but kind of like, just like, all right, if this show's already going down, we might as well have fun with it. 
But <laughs> thankfully, to be, oh man, a stealth uh, premiere for a different show that just invaded <laughs> some five-season intro to the new Beavis and Butthead show. That's great. Um, but yeah, like I said, they, this show is actually very successful. It lapsed five seasons, two college movie or two movies, and uh, yeah, like uh, people really identified with Daria, which. I understood more in the past <laughs> and under- <laughs> like I understand it now, but if you you can get dazzled by her uniqueness, right? You can kind of get dazzled by her personality such as it is right. and forget that she's massively unpleasant to interact with. Like if you knew a person like this, you would never want to hang out with them. Well, a lot of people don't interact with her. She'll say a, a, a one a sarcastic one liner and then everyone else will continue with the conversation. Yeah. That's how you interact with someone like that. That's how you do it. <laughs> my uh, my friend Ulysses has this habit of whenever somebody says like a snide, sarcastic comment, he treats it with 100% seriousness. <laughs> like, oh, I don't oh know. God. I've never had Prince Albert in a can. I don't understand what you mean. <laughs> I don't do tobacco, <laughs> sir. Would you let him out? It. No, no, no. You see, in the can, there's a tobacco product. The tobacco product is called Prince Albert. Like, Which he just treats something that. worth questioning. Yeah, and it just makes the the sarcastic snide asshole just so frustrated. God, he's <laughs> what a hero! I know. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 tr- he's ascended the the spite hole that we are all a, in. A, a Churchill for our times. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I understood her really well back then, and would be like, "Yeah, she's really cool, and I want to hang out with her." And now I'm like, "She's really cool, and I never want to meet her." Right. She she is better as a weapon to use against the people you hate than, you know, it, it's point and fire. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, there there is a lot of South Park DNA in in this character where, like, the, the world going stupid around her and she's just there to comment on it and not actually, like, contribute to its, uh, to, 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 to mitigating it or changing it. Right. If, if only people realized that they were idiots, they would change. Yeah, what the fuck is that kind of point of view? <laughs> It's like not very helpful, dude. <laughs> like Kevin's and working with what he has, okay? <laughs> it endures. Um and and that's, you know, frustrating at first, but it also becomes a character trait in its own right. The idea that she's insightful and even understanding of her own misanthropy and preferring to keep that distance from the main plot, only kind of involving herself in a Garfield-style narration. <laughs> like that becomes its own hindrance to her life. And she is recognizing, like, I can't be this way all the time, even though it's my personality. That's like, I like that a lot. And like I said, I think that becomes really strong in later seasons. Okay, so uh, I, I don't know. I think by the later seasons, I got the sense like she should have figured this out already. <laughs> yeah, status quo has to be maintained, of course. Because when she's dealing with larger moral issues, so for example, she uh, she's applying for a scholarship. Uh, should she take advantage of a uh, someone who can coach her on how to ace the interview? And should she give the stock answers that she knows the people want? Mm-hmm. Or should she, you know, stick to her guns and do that? Right. And that's that's fine. What she ends up doing is kind of she goes to the coach and then just is a jerk anyway so that she yeah. doesn't get the scholarship and alienates everyone. Yeah, like why did you even show up, dude? Like was it just to was it just to talk down to people? But like that's a moral quandary which is you know, that that might be worth actual consideration whereas in an earlier episode when um 
she needed to get contact lenses and she felt shallow or and hypocritical because she liked being prettier. Mm, that I, didn't, to me, I didn't see that one. That felt much more real to me, you know, and it felt like more growth than like, oops, I, I messed up. You know, she's making a deliberate choice to be the the way that she is. Does that make sense? Kind of. I, I there's a lot of there's a lot of layers to this character. Like whether or not it seems that way, I like it whenever she's forced to mitigate her own behavior for her own well being because that's something that I kind of had to come to terms with doing. Like it it felt like selling out. It actually absolutely felt like cheapening myself in order to like placate people or make it easier for everyone to kind of be in the same room. Mm -hmm. Um, and it took me a long time to kind of figure out that the point was that it costs me so little to make everyone's life a lot easier and I might as well do it. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, this is a huge part of growing up. She hasn't learned that yet. It's a huge part of growing up. And the fact that she forgets it is so annoying to me. I know. It's like, you're so close, dude. You, you know, the answer. You just don't want to put in the, put in the effort. Yeah. Um, if she's learning something, it's one thing. If she's just being an annoying for its own sake, I yeah. don't know. Right. Um, so uh, I don't really know what else to talk but about I, I, her. I, I remember, you know, working in the high school, uh, uh, working with students who felt like, oh, y- you know, you adults want me to stop hanging out with my friends. You want me to spend more time on schoolwork. You basically want me to stop being me. And it's such an assault on their identity and they don't realize like you can make a better you and be happier. And it doesn't it doesn't have to be selling out like it doesn't make you less of a real person. Yeah, there's. And I mean, I I went through that. I think everybody goes through that kind of thing like, oh, what? I have to wear deodorant and shower now. What? You you can't bullshit. You can't can't like me for me. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like it's a bullshit (laughs) argument, but you don't realize it until you're out of it. Yeah. And it's also like. When you're trying to figure out who you are, um, you're just very sensitive to other people telling you what it should be. Like, yeah, you know, like there's like a self-defense mechanism against change that all people seem to have. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Your body doesn't want change. So it tries to like your brain doesn't want to change the way it thinks. So it, you know, um, discounts evidence to the contrary of your brain state you know that's just that's psychology actually yeah (laughs) but in high school you are both aware that it's happening and they can't do anything about it really completely vulnerable but you're also like aware that other people are trying to do it for you it's (laughs) like i understand where daria is coming from she's just really annoying uh we're talking a little too much about her let's go through our other characters well um if we her can. Best, her best friend, Jane, is actually kind of similar to her. I found her a lot less annoying, though. Yeah, she she doesn't have that creepy monotone, for one thing. She's a little smoother in conversation. Mm-hmm. And uh, um. she also, like, this is, the, this is the main thing. Like, they both interact with high school life in the same way, which is very dismissively. But at least Jane has, like, uh, plans for the future or designs on who she wants to be or what she wants to do. Where well, Daria is just very petulant all the time. Jane is capable of recognizing when, hey, maybe the popular choice is also actually the right one. Um, yeah, they'll just be like, can you believe they're asking us to join the poster session? I don't know. I kind of get the idea. Like, well, That's a pretty good impression, Ben. Thanks. I <laughs> <laughs> wasn't sure that would go that would, uh, that would go over well. But I'm sure. Tra- <laughs> um, I kind of have to talk out, out of like one side of my mouth to do it. 
don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, guys. I don't know. <laughs> I, can't, I can't. It sounds sarcastic. Yeah, you, sound, you sound like you're from Minnesota. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> listen, if we're going to take out the ogre, we really ought to have some people in flanking positions. <laughs> Man, saying there's no nobody's gonna get that joke unless you explain it. <laughs> there's an explanation. I'm willing. I'm willing to go off topic a minute to explain this to, for everyone because I actually love it. I don't remember why it happened, but Zane made this <laughs> Harry Potter, a Canadian Harry Potter <laughs> trying to break up with Ron voice, <laughs> and it always amuses me. Oh, oh Ron, uh, I mean, we can hang out, but just not around other people. It's- <laughs> I was so actually, great. for the Minnesota accent, I was channeling, um, I was playing a D&D game, and I gave everyone, like, uh, NPC characters to interact as uh, for a scene, and... Oh, that's af- cool. After describing one of the characters as, like, you know, living along with nature, but she also is in charge of, of a, you know, an organization and all that, and they're just like, oh, like Sarah Palin. And so that was the accent. That's why I had to learn how to do that accent. Oh, boy. Congratulations. (laughs) So that's where that comes from. D&D really fosters growth. Do you think Daria would have liked D&D? No. Daria doesn't like anything. You're right. It's, it's, I was I was going to argue, but it's just that simple. She just doesn't <laughs> like doing things. This is freaks and geeks. This is, yeah. this is something else. Yeah, and that's what's so frustrating about her. But like, I bet, I bet Jane would be into it. Jane works a little bit better in part because Daria has to hold up the story as the main character. Um, I almost feel like Jane is there to give us... Uh, to, to give Daria enough contrast that we can also see the faults within her. Mm. Whereas if it's just her and then the sheeple, then you can only kind of see the the faults within the main populace. But <laughs> once you hold up a once you hold up a foil, once you hold up a uh, a, a slightly less tarnished version of her, um, her flaws kind of become more apparent. Well, you can see, you know, it's like having two eyes. You get you get depth perception all of a sudden. So now we can see gradations in stupidity in the world. It's not just Daria seeing things. It could be a warped perspective. Mm. I always was bothered by Jane's hair. <laughs> oh, I love it. Really? <laughs> <laughs> that sort of that sort of half moon completely Yeah. It's 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 like something. It's like something from Popeye. I, I can't it's really unreasonable. Yeah, it's... it's absolutely unreasonable. Like it couldn't have happened naturally. What's so awesome about that is that it couldn't have happened naturally, which means that she spends a lot of time on her hair. Oh, plenty of upkeep. Like, think yeah. about that. <laughs> no, absolutely. Like, these, it's the same hipsters. that they, like, yeah, They're exactly. They're trying so hard to make you think they don't care. I know. <laughs> it's like all of these stupid people spending so much time on their looks. Now we got to finish our eyeliner or we won't fit in with all the other emos at the club. Oh, Ben, these, these characters are so hypocritical. It's crazy that only we notice this. <laughs> oh, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> Ron, I got to tell you. <laughs> um... Let's Don't think of on. me as a hypocrite, but I mean, if I got to use magic to get this thing done, I'll do it. <laughs> what does that mean? Mind control? <laughs> no, I think they're conjoined at this point. I didn't read the last books. <laughs> okay. Uh, the... Um, uh, I let, apologize let... for any to anyone listening who's like, okay, have they... <laughs> what are they even what, talking about? What's wrong with them? Let's, let's move on to the rest of Daria's family, which I think is the other main force in her life so her sister quinn is her opposite really 
a lot of other characters are also Daria's opposite, but Quinn is... You're kind just, of still doing the Jane voice. But Quinn is just... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, they're shallow, popular idiots uh, that the writers presumably resented in high school. Right, but, but Quinn isn't actually that bad. <laughs> like, I actually enjoyed Quinn quite a bit. Like, especially in the later seasons, where um, it, it, it kind of starts being shown that uh she's sort of fed up with her fashionista friend's behavior and also is sort of intelligent okay i didn't i didn't see a ton of that there there's a really there's a few really awesome moments at the end of the like at the end of the last season where she's like admits that daria is her because she is so ashamed of daria's you know unpopular moody status that she uh pretends that she's just not related to her (laughs) at school yeah (laughs) Which Daria just, like, it's so cool because Daria actually takes offense to that, which is not a thing that she would take offense to. But because it's her sister, it actually pisses her off. Mm -hmm. And one of, like, the best things, like, whenever we go through shows where there's a sibling relationship, it's only the other person who really can cut a remark that'll, that'll hurt you, you know? Right. So even though Daria doesn't care about being unpopular, when Quinn shoves it in her face, she's suddenly very, you know... She's suddenly very tender about it. I don't know how I feel about this relationship. You know, it's kind of like sibling relationships we've seen before in other shows. And it's more extreme here, but also more, it's more of an undercurrent than a in-your-face confrontational. I mean, that's, why would it be a, uh, why would you want that? I wouldn't want a in-your-face confrontational thing. I would want it kind of as a, you know, best of a bad situation. Let's just live as best we can. That's kind of how Daria, like, handles most interactions she very rarely comes out and like apologizes for something or tells someone why she's upset with them that's true yeah she's she's very flighty especially when her own when her own emotions are involved she always deflects i think that's why i didn't really like quinn is is not because of any problem with her as a character but just because we only see her as an interaction point for daria and that interaction i feel is is very toxic um, you have kind of a point. I don't think that she gets as little screen time as you are purporting. Like, she she has her own moments. She's not just showing up. She's not like, you know, uh, not Ron Weasley. Who's that other Ron in Happy Days? Uh, or Ron Sh- Arbuckle? I don't know. That, that brother. Who, brother? That brother who goes up the stairs and then never descends again. He, she's not like just like a thing that Daria possesses to give her character. Like, she's also a character, and she also has her own friends and, like, kind of Maybe I didn't see that as much. Yeah, no. Uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is I didn't like Daria. (laughs) Everyone else was fine. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I guess so. What I like about having Quinn there is that, like, it, especially with Quinn and the family, like, you, it makes it feel like this, it makes the family feel real and textured, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. did you get did you get that impression? Like, you always see them before school eating breakfast. Jake is fl- the, the dad. Jake is flying off the handle about something. The mom is talking to a client or or a business partner or something. And Quinn is doing something vapid and, and superficial. I love, I love the parents and the family dynamic. Isn't it great? Because they're so dead set on doing this uh, uh, utopian Rockwellian suburban family thing. I know. And they just panic. They can't handle it when it doesn't turn out right. Yeah, I know. They're they're trying to be Doug's family. And they can't. It's all facade. I know. It's well, like um, it's like American Beauty. I was just about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's totally the red door. Um, they can't have it because they're broken. <laughs> yeah, if you contrast something like... And, and he, 
What I really like about it in contrast to Doug is that with Doug, the parents do not have personalities of their own, right? Mm-hmm. Or Julie. Yep. It's only as a foil to Doug who had pretty much, they had pretty much no personality beyond what a 50s nuclear family requires. Um, right. This is more like Hey Arnold than a Doug. Like where like Big Pop Pataki, like as flawed as he is, you know it. You know who he is. He's he's his own man. Yeah, they they stand on their own characters. They don't rely on on Daria to be interesting. And they give the mom and dad the chronological real estate to realize those personalities. Like they cook dinners. They talk to the principal of Daria's school. That Daria gets into trouble. They ask them how their day was. They try to you know they try to be an active presence in their kids' lives. And they're not very good at it, but they do try. <laughs> yeah, they, they know what they're supposed to do to be good parents, but they're just, yeah. you know, they're just shy of what it of where it counts. Uh, and King of the Hill does this too, so like it, it's not a uh, it's not a unique thing that uh, that the creators and and kind of like people who are reflecting this audience tend to like seeing these complex family dynamics and not just focusing on the kid. And this is also, I mean, we've seen parents who can't get it right before in other shows. The difference here is that where in other shows, the kids would say like, you know, they sure they burnt breakfast and ruined our surprise day out. But, you know, they their heart was they in the tried. right place. And they tried. Yeah, exactly. But we don't thi- get that here. No, in this show, it's like. Daria's like, you failed me. Yeah. <laughs> you failed yourselves. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I'm going away. And you feel, and you can actually, like, empathize with an adult in this show. Like, this show is about a teen in high school undergoing all these changes and difficulties about her own identity. And you can also identify with the adult. That is so novel. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of the adults individually, uh, the mom, Helen, is uh, kind of like a workaholic, uh, self made businesswoman extraordinaire right and so she's very kind of removed from her house life beyond you know whatever she can fit into kind of a five minute quick check with uh with her family yeah and jake is uh, he's a weird guy i i love helen as a realistic businesswoman with a family but jake is just darling <laughs> Like he is he's he's comedy gold. I can't keep the smile off of my face whenever he like gets incredibly angry or sad at minor things. He is the embodiment of dads who just don't get it. He well, I mean like he's kind of like a, a a dad who never quite got through his childhood, right? Like he's he's still kind of trying to figure out what his uh what his dad meant to him, <laughs> which they go into a lot of detail that I think is kind of unnecessary. Um but it's I don't know. I I really like what he. Um, I I like that they are making one of the one of the parents incredibly more flawed than the other one. Right. I, did I don't you know. see? Um, did you see the live action fake trailer for a Daria movie? No. Uh, starring Aubrey Plaza. Who's that? As Daria, she's the um really dark girl in um Parks and Rec. Oh yeah, that would do it. Like the creepy one. <laughs> yep. It's perfect. And so she like she comes home from college for like high school reunion or whatever, and she goes up to her parents who are doing the, you know, suburban idyllic thing where they're washing the car and painting the fence. Retirement's the best thing that ever happened to me. No more stress. But how about you, kiddo? Great, Dad. Hi on life. What's life? Is that some new kind of drug? I failed my daughter! Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, Thora Birch would also be good. Uh, Jane from American Beauty. Mm. I mean, that's kind of... 
Jane go, from go American check out Beauty. That, go check out a, that trailer. It, it's actually it really gets the show. I well, think. like right now. No, sometime. Oh, okay. It, you can right now if you want. <laughs> nah, it's okay. <laughs> it's a running theme. <laughs> um, I didn't have a bit, another place to place to put this. In one episode, uh, Jake, Tom. I don't know if you saw any of Tom. Um, I saw very little. He seemed very normal. He's actually great, and I'll I'd be happy to talk about him more later. But uh, Jake, Tom, and Jeffy, one of Quinn's like gentleman callers all collaborate to catch a squirrel during family dinner and go to release it into the wild outside of town and then bond over very mundane male activities. Yeah. <laughs> and it might have been the cutest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> That's the kind of B-plot that I really enjoy in this show. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, can we talk about the B-plots on, like, the minor characters? They're like, the all best. The super... <laughs> Zane. Because they can't hold the show on their own, so they don't bother giving them the personality to hold the show on their own (laughs) so this bleeds into the whole thing like let's make the minutiae really interesting and the large picture very realistic Mm -hmm. they don't have a problem putting in these really superficial super gimmicky and super entertaining characters like the uh the high school teacher whose eyes are oh wildly different sizes and he just cannot hide his disdain for his students very good kevin just Why don't you come see me after you win a Heisman Trophy while I'm still trying to buy a second pair of pants? <laughs> okay, dude. It's it's really great. I love the I love Kevin and Brittany, the uh, jock and cheerleader, the the QB and uh, and uh, cheerleader. These are perhaps the most stereotypical characters, but it works. It goes it, so far that it works. It's actually not because like they're actually really good natured and kind. Are they? Like surprisingly. Like, they're I, not mean. I couldn't get past the stupid of it. I think that's the point, but, like, if you contrast talking to Kevin with talking to Daria, I would much rather talk to Kevin. Kevin's a great guy. Like, he's just a good dude. Bring <laughs> back, daddy. Strong shoulders. <laughs> yeah. Look at that jaw. Washboard abs. What are we he's not about? even. He's not even that chunky. Like, he's not even that, uh, that hunky. Right, he's yeah, not, he, he doesn't have like rippling muscles. He just wear and he wears like a quarterback. He wears his football uniform everywhere he goes. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> There's a the really sensitive Mr. Simmons teacher. Oh, the English teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's Upchuck, the like the weird like. God, this guy. Yeah, the, Ron Howard, professional pickup artist, right here. Jeez, yeah, <laughs> Ron Howard. If he was a perv lech, awful. Well, just more of awful a perv looking. Lech. There's like so there's one scene like and this is kind of the super gimmicky thing that uh, that I think you'd probably love it, that the show doesn't mind devoting a scene to watch sensitive teacher and angry teacher bet ten dollars on a shell game hosted by Upchuck outside of a Walmart. <laughs> That's what I come to see. <laughs> like and like the rest of the episode is all about Daria's uh, Daria's friend is selling out because Jane is trying to build a nest egg with these reproduced paintings that she's doing rather than original work and then we just swap over to the side plot where Upchuck is like now may I have a lovely assistant to help me God, he's so gross <laughs> I know I, I love his optimism though <laughs> like he never quits he never stops he hit on um, Brittany's mom her, 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 uh, stepmom <laughs> once and in the middle of realizing like oh my god this is an older woman who like has a daughter and a husband hey maybe Maybe she could go. Maybe she'd be into me. <laughs> <laughs> like he doesn't. He doesn't consider failure an option. 
Or he's just not bothered by it at all. He's actually, Upchuck's actually a really good contrast to Dario because he always puts himself on the line and always gets rejected, but he never loses that spark. Yeah, he keeps working at it. Yeah. The more I think about it, the more that I really like this show, except for Daria. She's a good centerpiece, though. She, like, I mean, if she you are going together. to have, if you're going to have these silly caricatures that you want to laugh at, you need somebody to kind of tell us how. Right. I mean, she holds it together, but in terms of, in terms uh, of like individual, in terms of personal growth, uh, annoyance of voice. I think that Jane would make a much better main character, and Daria could be the extreme on the other end. I really don't think that's true. I, I think I like it. I think I like it just the way it is. Hmm. It might might just be a subjective thing. Probably. Um, yeah. Uh, do you have any? Did you have a favorite character? Oh boy. Uh, I mean, just, probably just that teacher who's just hates his students. I can yeah, really ang- relate to him. Angry teacher is pretty good. He's just always kind of vibrating, and he's got the one big eye. Um, my, my favorite character is Trent. Oh, the the band guy. Yeah, <laughs> Jane's yes. brother. So Trent is like ro- this romantic interest, right? I mean, kind Before of. Before Tom like, is like vaguely flirt, like worthy, but not really any farther than that. Oh, who was this character in Pepperan? Craig. Craig. Yeah, that's Craig. <laughs> hey, Daria. <laughs> nice hatred. <laughs> Whoa, nice glasses, Daria. How's it going? <laughs> I love Trent. Why? Like every, every time Trent or Jake showed up, I just got really excited. <laughs> just like, yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. Something's going to be silly. Um, the Tom later showed up, the uh, the guy that uh, Jane dates first, and then Daria. Like, listen to this plot arc. Yeah, like, tell, me, tell me about Tom, because I didn't get a lot from him. You should you should be focusing on Tom simply because of the variety of plot arc that he brings out in daria and jane's life because it's not one that are you know every um every cartoon is going to be able to deal with the nature of having a relationship and having a breakup so tom is introduced in the third season at the end of the third season and uh starts going out with jane and daria feels kind of dejected and you know lonely this is common enough it's not our main character who's dating it's someone adjacent and it's you know we focus on her and what it's doing to her sure that's standard where it gets interesting is when Tom starts losing interest in the relationship and starts going after Daria. And there's a few episodes where this kind of transpires. It eventually culminates. In, like I don't want to get all teen dream on you guys, but the idea of uh, him breaking up with Jane for Daria kind of drives this rift in the relationship. And they kind of Daria kind of hates herself for betraying her. And it takes him a while to get through. Like it's this is not something that you're going to see in Doug, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's a more emotional, overarching plot that I just didn't see a lot of. He's kind of like a male Jane, actually. Like, he's still kind of mm-hmm. dark and, and, and moody and misanthropic, but can also put on a brave face in front of people that he needs to impress. I mean, he's, he's just a very agreeable character. I liked him a lot, and I liked it, what it brought out in a... In the friendship. How how much of the show did you watch, would you say? Because I, I saw a couple episodes from each season, and I, I was watched... I was sort of getting tired of it by the end. I watched like 15 episodes, and I'm still not tired of it. Okay. I I liked it. I really, I really went crazy with this show. Like, I like this whole show a whole lot. I, I like it a lot. It just, it's a lot of the same for me after a while. Like, the parts that were different and interesting in any given episode, to me, 
like I would have rather been watching something else because I can get gimmicks elsewhere. Well, the thing is, did you really get tired of the show or did you just get tired of Daria? I mean, Daria is such a focal point. I and I agree, but she is like this isn't every show like shows will do a focal point more concentrated than this. Like in Doug or Pepper Ann, you do have other characters. You're really not focusing on how they feel. That's At least true. not to the not to the most part. Um, in this show, you care about how Jane feels and how like um, how the parents are doing in their in their lives. Like everyone's a mess, and that's what I think gives it a little bit more staying power than hmm. one where it's just the main character is a mess. No, you're definitely right. Um, think so? Yeah the the attention that they give other characters and their emotions is definitely a big point in this show's plus. It's just. Dario just wore on me. I don't know how else to say it. That's uh, fair. And, like, it's not as though every character kind of gets its own plot arc. Like, we're never going to watch Kevin go on, go through, like, you know, some serious changes. Oh, why not? I wish. <laughs> One day he just shows up and he's got, like, a sw- he's got, like, swim trunks and goggles on for the rest of the series. Yeah, I decided to go in a different direction. Uh, there was this one time when he wore glasses because he thought it would make him smart. <laughs> fucking kevin (laughs) kevin kevin jumped in from a different show (laughs) uh do you have anything else to say about the characters no i think i've i think i've hit that great uh i wanted to talk about one thing that i think the show does really well and i kind of spoiled it earlier okay this show really prides itself on being a realistic depiction of a teen girl's life and in certain ways it succeeds um like they treat mature topics like sex or relationships or moral integrity. They're handled three-dimensionally. That was like, refreshing. I, I remember like there was one episode where uh, Daria and uh, the uh, the overachiever girl in class, I don't remember her name, they have this economics project to try to get a loan from a bank for to start up a small business. Like right, They're not right. actually going to do it, but that's the, that's the plot. Yeah, I saw this one. Oh, okay. So you know then at the first bank they, they step at... Um, they are considered a financial risk because uh, the girl is black, and so you know she assumes that the, the that the banker is like a racist until she brings up her dad, and the dad is like a, a well known businessman for whatever reason, and the bank agrees to give a loan. Right. But they they storm out because you know they're offended. They then go to the second bank, and she immediately talks about her dad to kind of preempt the possible racism. Yeah. And, and Daria's up on her case for being a sellout. <laughs> right, exactly. And she's just like, I'm just being pragmatic. I have these tools and I'm using them. And neither one is really wrong. You know, that's, that's a good actual, like, moral quandary that works. Yeah, exactly. Like, we don't learn by the end of the episode that Daria had the right of it, you know? Yes, this is Garfield. They were both right in different ways. And the fact that they could come to each other later and, like, apologize over it. Yeah, and that's that's nice. That's yeah, and good. there's there's no real resolution as to what was the right answer. Like the, the the show doesn't tell you, you know, you should give your friends a hand or anything like that. Yeah, it's, like it it's respects not a moral. It's just like if hey, if you do this, this here's will happen. a situation that you should think about. What would what would you do? Just kind of positing questions. You know, in in that way, like they the, they treat mature topics three dimensionally. Like in the same way, Daria's mom will sometimes talk to Daria about sex. And, you know, kind of be like all mother-daughter bonding, kind of. And then in another moment, Daria will want to talk to her about sex. And she'll be like, oh, I really don't 
if you want to talk about that or no she doesn't want to talk to her about sex she wants to talk about something else but the mom assumes that it's about sex and then daria says i'm not talking to you about sex and the mom is like oh god thank god i just i didn't want to do that these moments work really well when they're real situations yeah exactly which i think the show threads a very fine line between being realistic and being silly yes like and when it dips mo- too far into that silliness, it, it works to its detriment. Because these are fun characters, but you can't rip the ground out from under them. So, like, a Quinn doesn't know who to date and tries to figure out which one is objectively the best boyfriend material. Like, that's real <laughs> enough, sure. right? Like, that's a thing that a girl might find herself in that situation. Like, I like these two guys, and I don't know which is better for me. That's real enough. We can relate. And then she lines them up in like a revolving door style interview process and asks arbitrary questions to determine dateability. Like now we've jumped to the other end of the on the yeah. we're 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 making little jokes that are unreal within our real fabric. In that synopsis, e- even just you explaining that I could feel where my interest dropped off. Yeah, exactly. Um, we um in improv we have these things uh walk-ons where you know two people are doing a scene and somebody thinks oh i can add to this scene and make it even better and there are good ones and bad ones but a lot of times if somebody just comes on and to make a one-liner they yeah it kind of kills the momentum yeah the scene just kind of stops it's no longer real and i mean the thing to learn is keep keep things real yeah real works people want to watch that I agree in general, but I think this show does a pretty good job. I think the point of this show isn't to be real, okay? I don't think it's fully a realistic or unrealistic show. I think the point is to have real issues and themes that are relatable to the audience and then phrase them in the funniest way they can with the tools that they've built. Hmm. So, you know, if I need to make a point with Kevin the Idiot quarterback, I'm going to do it because he's fun to watch. Right. Even though the point isn't something that would happen in the real world. See, I thought that the idea was the show would be dealing with real situations, but the people were more exaggerated versions of what you would expect. And to me, that really worked. So when it veered into what you're talking about, I lost interest. I think I think it's just a matter of context. Like, you have to be willing to know when the show is trying to engage you on a different level. Yeah. And it just... I mean, you you have an appreciation for pure comedy without substance, like yeah, that that can that can happen. Absolutely, it doesn't, it doesn't bother you. I think that we're more common, like we're more used to seeing something that is in like small scenes, it's comical, and then in larger scenes, it's also comical. It's just not that serious a show. I th- I think the dialogue was good enough for them to make good jokes in real situations. I don't know. I I kind of I I. Mm. I think we're just not seeing eye to eye on this one. Like yeah. I liked, I liked them. I liked that they were willing to abandon the realism for the sake of being funny, because I think they did a good job of that. And I thought that they were funnier when they didn't. Yeah, and there's a point to be made there. Cool. I, I don't, I don't inherently disagree. No, I'm, I'm glad that we figured it out. <laughs> I, I don't, yeah. I don't feel the need to convince you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just well, glad that we figured out what the difference is. You, you don't need to convince me. You just make a snide comment under your breath, maybe to the side. Hopefully, I don't see it, and just continue the conversation as normal. It's fine. Ah, yes, the cowardice approach. What was that? What? That's right, <laughs> Mac Daddy. Uh, right, Mac Daddy. Oh, don't don't, don't call she, me Mac Daddy. That's what she calls him. 
No, that's uh, that's what Cube. That's what Kevin calls uh, calls Michael. Oh um, yeah, the the teacher. No, no, not the teacher. The uh, the the his black friend. Oh yeah, he calls him Mac Daddy. Constantly tells him not to. They they handle black characters very well, I think. In I the mean, show, because like, everyone really, else they really treats only have them the too. Well, everyone else treats them like too far in one direction, like way too be afraid of being politically incorrect or way too, you know, overtly stereotyping. I mean, they cop to it sometimes. Like uh, like that girl, I don't remember what her name is, the overachiever. She'll be like, at my home, I can just be me. At school, I have to be, you know, queen of the Negroes. Like, <laughs> her own words. Like, yeah. like, I have to be perfect. I have to be an upstanding uh, young black woman for other people to look up to, yada, yada, yada. I'm like... It's a lot of character development I th- didn't think I was going to get up from your end, but, yeah. you know, good for you. I, yeah. I think that this show wrote characters' voices very well. Like, I, it depends on the it depends on the characters, Aim. No, you're right. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> like, a lot of them are more props than characters. But I, I don't, think, I don't mind yeah. that mix. <laughs> like, no, they, they chose their battles well. Yeah. Um, so, let's see. Um, I think you have a point with the best moments being very mundane, I guess, because that's what we've dealt with in other shows where the best shows have like an absurd circumstance with a kernel of truth, like Teen Titans. You know, yeah, you should help your friends fight yeah, this giant robot. <laughs> that's the like, that's the main message is help your friend fight, fight the giant robot. It's a superhero team, but the moments when they're just teens is what makes it really compelling to watch. Right. Mm-hmm. Like Beast Boy turns into T Rex, that's cool. And then on the other side of it, he's coming to terms with Terror of Betrayal. Like these are two different things that the show is doing, and I like the one better than the other. But it can't sustain just a teen drama. Like it needs that other bit too. I feel Ooh. like you're trying to say that it doesn't need another part to it in their show. Uh, listen, you know, I mean, we gotta have the the fun, adventurous battles. But at the end of the day, <laughs> I need somebody who can support me. <laughs> <laughs> and really, Hermione's just way better at it than you are, you know? Look, Ron, we can still hang out. No one's denying that, but come <laughs> on. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, I, I guess that's all I really have to say about Tone. What do you have to say about Six Ad World? Could a family of ghosts be living in your house rent-free? Freeloading familial phantoms next on Six Ad World. <laughs> so this the is a segment, show that only works with taglines. The greatest like, show on earth. This is the best. Sh- I think this might be my favorite part of all of Daria. Is that it just, it every even... sometimes they do a scene transition. Let me let me explain what it is. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Sometimes they'll do a scene transition, and the next scene will start with Daria and Jane watching something on TV. It will uniformly and without fail the six sad world which is like a tabloid journalism that you find at a gas station if it was a tv show and the way that they announce it you you're not expecting it at the end of every scene transition so when it hits you it's over by the time you realize it happened Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, we're going from one scene where, like, the angry teacher is saying that, Daria, you better you better help Kevin on this next report or you're also getting an F. You know, like, she's like, ah, I gotta deal with this. And then, next scene, 
the uncovering of Thomas Jefferson's pornographic tell-all sex journals, the declaration of In My Pants, <laughs> next on Six Sad World. <laughs> it just, like, takes you a minute, like, duh. <laughs> oh, man. That, that's quality writing. It's so good. Like, this is, so I think this is, like, These the point These are failed where the... pitches to MTV. I'm it's... sure they just kept a case file of them. I, I think, like, I like to imagine that writers for a comedy show just all sit around a table and just throw garbage ideas at each other and these are the ones they felt like writing down when they were two beers in but i didn't actually seem that good the next day so they just like kept them around like kept a journal of them like this is a like this is an embossed like this this is just like a this is like a huge ledger of just terrible ideas for bad shows and they just put them all in this show i'm sure that's how they make tabloids as well yeah, uh, yeah what, did you have? Did you have any favorite ones? What hijinks did, did Elvis get into this time? Did you Did you watch any? Did you write any of them down? I didn't. I'm so ashamed. I've only got one more that I felt the need to write down. Which what is, do you got? Meet the fly fishing. Meet the fly fishing pathologist who uses human organs as bait. A liver runs through it on Six Sad World. <laughs> it's the pun at the end. It's the pun at the end the that does. Yeah, I know. <laughs> does all Does all the legwork. Yeah. Um, I would love to i i don't know if, if zin this is gonna be hard to picture but if you were back in high school would you enjoy watching something like that what six sad world yes oh i did you did well not six sad world but i spent a lot of time watching the discovery health channel which is okay. just like crazy diseases you've never heard of oh yeah and they'll spend like half an hour looking at somebody who has them and they go into like the 3d graphic of like this is what happens when your organs turn to bone i saw i remember that i remember watching that with you and getting really scared that it was gonna happen to me i I got addicted to that oh uh, man to that whole channel really what was that like spike (laughs) no it (laughs) sounds like it the discovery health and they like they would show us stuff like this in bio class. Yeah. Imp- impact stories of survival. I remember what happens impact. When a guy gets crushed between two whales. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that happened. Guy his, gets crushed. His body was two held whales. together by his wetsuit. That's ridiculous, isn't it? Is he okay? I, I mean, <laughs> I watched the show about ten years ago, but. You know, okay. he was fine. Th- it's called Stories of Survival. They don't keep you guessing. <laughs> I guess that's true. You could do a mashup of that and A Thousand Ways to Die and just intersperse them. You know, maybe get a little Deadliest Warrior in there to get the blood boiling. <laughs> just random scenes from each. Yeah, that's right. You got, a, you got yourself a Thursday. But, uh, what did you... <laughs> I, I, I love the medical examiner on Deadliest Warrior. <laughs> it's like... Oh, yeah, this, yeah, this guy's dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he does. He's yeah, like I know. a professional. <laughs> yeah. He's like, now nah, as you can see, the sword went right through the aorta. Do you and ever the rest have somebody? Do you ever some? Do you ever have a Daria walk up to you and be like, you know, that show's not real, right? Like I know. <laughs> You're I missing the point. Oh, of I don't TV. care. <laughs> look at this. Look at this. He's picking up a giant shield and throwing it against this mannequin. Do you not? Do you not enjoy this? Do, do I go to your Satan worshiping event and piss on your? Candles. Pentagram? Yeah, piss on your pen. Someone's really pissing on my pentagram today. <laughs> oh, Ron, I, I don't mean to piss on the pentagram, but I gotta, I gotta tell you, you gotta leave now before the wine gets consecrated. <laughs> we we really gotta move this along so we can start praying to Boomhauer, you know. 
<laughs> We've hit critical mass, Ben. <laughs> yeah, but we gotta dial it back. Too many iterations. We're going all Inception. <laughs> uh, let's move into animation. Yeah. So one outfit. Characters have one outfit. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing. You can differentiate the characters just by their facial structures rather than just the hair and clothing cues. It's true. Because at the end of each episode, they have the characters in different costumes and situations, but you can always tell who it is. Yeah, that's true. And I thought that was very impressive. I mean, so the animation takes a lot of pains to put to make all these models well established. Like, it seems like they put a lot of work in the first season making all these people and their particular way of moving. Yeah. And then just stuck to it, and it just kind of becomes more emblematic of who they are over time. Like, Quinn is always kind of flouncing around, and you really get used to that kind of mobility, whereas Daria is, like, she's trying to, like, she's trying to pretend she's trying to improv as though she's on like a like a like an escalator she's trying not to like make too many up and down motions while she walks yeah she's in that big bulky coat Mm -hmm. um she's really a stand and talk kind of character definitely i mean that's i mean pretty much all of them are what did you think of that end of episode thing where they're in different costumes i didn't really i don't know it just seemed kind of weird this is one of my favorite parts, honestly. No kidding. Yeah, I loved watching like, oh, what if Jane was Medusa? What and about they do a really it? good like, job like getting that across. Do you, I mean, like, it doesn't make any sense with Daria's character, though. Like, it doesn't need to. What, she's like, she's escaping into her into a different life because she hates her own one so much. She wouldn't put on a dress like it, it doesn't make any sense. They're just pictures. I mean, just I, let me I enjoy guess. pictures. I know, I'm sorry to take pictures away from you, Zane. <laughs> I can't see. <laughs> um, I guess it was fine. It just didn't make much of an impact. Hmm. I like, uh, it, you know, I was talking about how like they have big themes, but little like non-realistic bits. The fact that they are doing like a Doug funny approach to dressing themselves is kind of part of that, you know? In what way? The Each character sticks to one outfit, right? Okay. Like, even as I mean, ridiculous that's, as... That's not uncommon. No, I know. But in a show like this, where it's kind of priding itself on being realistic... Oh, the fact that the football player's always wearing his shoulder pads? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Or, or any character is always wearing their particular... Like, even the... Fa- the dude, the fashion club... The shoulder that, pads on the inside. <laughs> the, the fashion club that Quinn is part of does not ever change its outfit. All right, that that is a missed opportunity if ever I've seen one. Although I remember reading that the fashion club was based on actual like models and celebrities at the time, so I really? think they were I think they were going for something there. I like how bad the people in the fashion club are. They're what, awful. Like they're what's, all awful. I mean, like two of them are just stupid and gullible. One of them's Quinn, and then there's the awful one, which is I don't remember her name. Yeah, me neither. But she talks like this Queen. Like, you you can emulate every character in watch this. A lot, watch a lot of this. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's I want to see you get a stuff. script and try and just do all the voices. Just vamp the whole thing. Yeah, why not? That'd be that'd be an interesting episode. Like I've never seen a show that you're better able to emulate. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, this is I like the show a lot, so that means a lot to me. I don't know if I could do a Jake though. <laughs> Damn mm. it! <laughs> I mean, it's pretty much that. <laughs> That's all you need. Uh, did you write any of like jake's phrases down uh, i did not <laughs> like 
I didn't do a lot of writing on this one. I, I didn't I didn't write any of it down either, and I really wish that I had because everything he says is so funny to me. Like he'll go outside and see like a garbage can knocked over and be like, damn kids tearing up the neighborhood with their skateboards? Damn it! <laughs> Why do you think that it was skateboarders? <laughs> Uh, no, I, I, the dialogue was a high point for me, and the fact that every character had their own way of talking, not just what they said. Yeah, definitely, they had their own like intonation and and uh, and tone. Mm-hmm. It was really nice. Um, you know, another thing that I noticed specifically with Jake first, and then later on, I I, I realized it with everyone else that they uh they don't have irises, right? They just have the pupil. Yeah, and. I really liked this because you yeah, don't, me too. You don't realize how weird it is that most animated characters have huge eyes. I know until this you show them really just great. dots and lines, and mm-hmm. it, it works. Yeah, and, and like the character models also have like this really bold line kind of outline to mm-hmm. them. You know, like they yeah. really are the center stage kind of stuff. They're, it's not about the background; it's about the characters, and to have no irises and just the pupils, like you're kind of forced to look at the outlines more than the faces. It, it's very strange. Mm-hmm. It, like, it doesn't draw your focus to look at their faces because the faces are, mm, a lot of the time, very blank because there are people like Daria not emoting. That's a good point. It's a really weird way of approaching a cartoon is being like, don't look at our emotional spectra. <laughs> don't look at it. <laughs> Put yourself into the situation, damn it. <laughs> damn it! <laughs> <laughs> it's called suspension of disbelief, damn it. It's an empowerment fantasy. <laughs> golly. Well, golly. <laughs> yeah, you did sound like that a little bit there. Anything else about animation? Characters looked a little stretched on the vertical axis. Really? Yeah, kind of lanky. I didn't notice that. Yeah, it was minor. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, given how realistic most of their body proportions are, that's it is a minor thing. The, the realistic body proportions is pretty great. Except for the necks. Necks are very thin. And I like the height gradation. Like, Daria's kind of short, Jane's a little taller, but they're both kind of short uh, compared to, like, a lot of the other kids. Yeah. And, you know, of course, relative to their parents. Like, it's not that big of a deal, but it's something that I noticed. Like, all the kids are different sizes <laughs> and sort of different shapes, but they're all real shapes. Maybe that's what I was picking up on. What's that? Uh, is the different heights just at the different heights yeah. is that is, is why i thought some of them felt a little you know stretched it seems a little bit more like realistic proportion heights like it seems like the the variety of heights is a little bit less uniform in this show than some others i mean it wasn't it wasn't overdone i just couldn't stop thinking about it whenever i saw them the, the, i couldn't stop thinking about that when i watched steven universe oh yeah yeah it was like amethyst is like half the size of everyone else and like cool. it, that that is actually a plot point, but like oh, they're it, gems. Yes, they're gems. The crystals, Ben. Yeah, I got it. Thanks. <laughs> uh let's see. Like there's very little like actual action to speak of. It is really just a walk around and talk show, right? Yeah, walkie talkie. I don't know how action would have done in this. Like it obviously doesn't, but I can't imagine Kevin trying to tackle someone. Can you? No. Like, their feet have to be on the ground at all times. I have to get to the bus station to defuse the bomb. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, and he just, like, kind of waddles. <laughs> He's only got one speed. Waddling. Yeah. This show kind of reminds me of Roseanne. 
I, I'm not as familiar with Roseanne as you are. I mean, like, it's family of intellectuals who think they're better than everyone else while at the same time feeling worse than everyone else. Like, it's... Yeah, okay, I can see you that. You know, it's like, the, it's just the demographic is similar. Hmm. Um, what about music and sound? Um, there's not a lot of it, actually. There's not a lot of music except um, for scene transitions a few seconds. Yeah, sometimes they have uh, they, sometimes they have bands on uh, like like kind of indie or or uh, or grunge bands just kind of f- play filler music on radios whenever Jane's in her room painting or something, or Trent is gum- is is driving a car. Yeah, anytime they can't think of a good um, six sad world intro, they, yeah, they just use they, like a radio. You're just like, all right, let's play Waves of Mutilation, whatever. This is Some, Mystic someone's Spiral. Gonna like it. We're Mystic Spiral. We're thinking about changing the name. Um, the theme song, uh, You're Standing on My Neck by Sephora, kind of became bigger than the show itself. I believe that. It's a, it's a good song. I like, uh, the, I, like, I like the way she, I like the, the, the way her voice kind of, kind of does. I, it really fits the show. Um, I don't know, I wasn't too strong about it. I think I am. Like, I think I like that song a whole lot, like. It's both like uh, it's it both appeals to my mental state at that time and also really sounds good. I think which is is a rare thing, you know. Generally, if I like a song musically, I'm not really into it uh, demographically or like thematically. I don't think that is all that like special. Mm-hmm. No, it's definitely good. It's just one of those songs that sticks, like the the theme of it, the like the what the, the motif, the yeah. primary motif sticks in my head longer than i actually enjoy the song for <laughs> which which one uh the standing on my neck and then the na 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 i don't like that part that that part's irritating but i like the excuse me that's what it finishes up. that yeah excuse <laughs> excuse me <laughs> she's like right next to a locker at the time did you like the uh intro kind of cinematic um we're just showing daria just being obnoxious to everyone <laughs> yeah <laughs> standing there and being the most obstructive person this, by doing so i didn't realize it before when i went back to the show for the first time i was like i'm really excited daria's gonna be great i watched the intro and it goes to that part where she's standing on the volleyball court yes <laughs> not lifting a hand to contribute and i was like okay i get it you're not into volleyball. You're not into team sports, but you're in gym class and you're on a volleyball court. You're all decked out in your gym clothes. Why are you not trying to have fun? <laughs> like, like, I don't care if everybody other people have done 90% just, of the work already. It's not even about doing work. It's like, what are your options here? You can either try to have fun with this game that is intended to make people have fun and pass the time, or you can do nothing and just stand there like you're contributing. It's God, like this. This so is my weird. primary problem with people in high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like, why aren't you trying just to have fun? How hard is it to get with the program? <laughs> There's a system maybe, here. Say, maybe you, maybe you shouldn't you phrase better. it like that. <laughs> No, no. Listen, Sonny. Listen, Sonny. How hard is it to straighten up and fly right? You know, maybe maybe you just need a a good role model. I recommend myself. (laughs) Jeez. No, people who go out of their way not to learn anything just piss me off so much. I mean, it's Um, that whole, like, trying not to change your mental state thing, right? You assume you're the best, so anything that runs contrary to that must be wrong. But the volleyball... It's such an entitled perspective. That volleyball (laughs) scene really captures her, because the first time it shows the volleyball, you know, her teammates 
you know, think that she's going to get it and mm. she lets it go. She doesn't do anything. But then the second time they both think, oh, she's not going to get it. And they both go for it and collide with each other in the air. Right. It's just like, this never works. What you're doing right now, Daria. <laughs> yeah. What are you getting out of this? <laughs> Why are you so happy about it? And I like it when it's expressed silently in the intro. But yeah. I don't need it for another 20 minutes after that. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. Um, I think <laughs> I, I think my experience working in a high school might have soured the soured the milk has soured the milk a bit. <laughs> yeah, you know, in the phrasing that this show would use, <laughs> you've really soured my milk. Damn it! How come nobody ever salts the milk? <laughs> Saying I don't know about that voice. <laughs> Saying what what voices are you good at? Because I only know a few of them, and I don't think that mine are that good in this show. I can only kind of hear your voice through. Like, I can't hear my own voice doing a good job. <laughs> so I can't really I don't tell. Know. I can do Kronk. That's true. Oh, you can do Crumb really well. You can do I really can do Crumb. <laughs> yeah, you uh, can do really ghastly monster voices. I'm stuck with weird, <laughs> weird, weird characterizations. Weird simulacra of real people. I, I kind of like the background, like the, the ambient music, I guess. Like, it's all just kind of someone doing a bass line, but that kind of worked for me. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, like, there's no sound effects, really. I'm, like, I'm never going to say no to a bass just kind of fiddling around in the background. <laughs> if somebody could just play that a is, bass around me all at that all is, times. That is not something I would have expected from you. Oh, I love bass. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. I, if somebody could just, like, if I could constantly have a background hum of... Just have that going. As I live my life. The thing is that if you had a bass player following you around, you would eventually uh, trip on him and be standing on his bass, at which point the bass player would say, you're standing on my neck. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it, Ben. I couldn't really tell how to do that. So you did this to me. I kind of just did it. <laughs> uh, I have a fun fact about this show. Okay. In 2010, Daria's voice was released as an option for some GPS devices. Oh, that sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's weird how like the marketers for this show didn't understand their own audience. Yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I I kind of was getting the implication of this show that I got in Invader Zim to us to a certain degree, which is um that in invader zim we didn't really the creator didn't have a good view of humanity but didn't present us with an all like a like a viable alternative yes definitely that like uh, this this one obviously much more realistically toned and paced but uh like the the outlook of the creator seems similar in that way it's almost more like pelswick man i zane i really liked pelswick like, I liked it more than I thought I was gonna. <laughs> Why do you sound so ashamed saying that? I don't know, because it looks so terrible. <laughs> like, <laughs> by the way, speaking of which, I think I really like all the character models in this. I don't know if I made a specific point to mention it, but they all look really good. Like, mm -hmm. I know that we, we we mentioned that they looked real. They also look really good. Like, yeah. like they're all really iconic, I would almost say. They, they get across the personality with an image, which is always better than having to do it through an entire plot line. Definitely. Um, there is an... I, I've got another a little extra detail for you. Okay. 
there is an episode where Jane dates a guy who dresses like he's from the 40s. And there's a bunch of jazz and post-war regalia and pomade and things like that all over the place. And at one point, there's a scene where they go to a parking lot and like 50 of you show up. 50 of me? Yes. <laughs> like me specifically? Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know, are there like bass a... players for every one of them? <laughs> yeah, it's a bassist convention along with their bodyguards. No, it's uh, it's like a bunch of people who like show up in like uh like roaring 20s like or like zoot suits or anything like that and they just start ballroom dancing in a parking lot that sounds excellent yeah <laughs> they did us like they're all they, just start dancing to moon dance or something i didn't see them dip into other genres that much but i feel like that would have been that would have been good like them making fun of different conventions feels like something that the show should have gone into well that's the weird thing is that they don't they they the main character like daria goes to it and starts making fun of all the dancers like and it only took them three years of non-stop practicing to get that way and like why are you making fun of people who cultivated a skill who are enjoying <laughs> themselves god this person it's like such a shitty thing to do <laughs> yeah I, I, I don't, it's, it's weird because I obviously don't like this character very, like, I don't like this person very much. I like the character, no. but I don't like the person. And, uh, like, a lot of times when I meet people whom I have met or been in the past, I become very uncomfortable. Oh, and I, I hate anyone who reminds me of me. Yeah, they're exactly. Off, they're uniformly awful. <laughs> and I was Daria at one point, and so I would think that it would make me really uncomfortable, but she is also kind of a straw man of her own point of view like there's that there's that comfortable level of distance between get, her and real you get a sense of self-loathing there like she knows that it like this isn't sustainable like in one episode she goes to a, like a psychotherapist because she has to or something and like accurately says everything that she knows is wrong in their person like she cops she no she understands it she just it's it's almost like an addiction yeah almost or like she's just like she's so devoted to this persona that she doesn't care what it costs her to uphold yeah um yeah yeah i i'd still like this show a whole lot even though the character is kind of so problematic to me like again the character's not problematic it's the person who i don't like but it, i really like the character no as a show it's very watchable like, do, did you, like, I know you didn't, you wouldn't like a person, Daria, but did you like what she brought out in the rest of the characters and, like, what she, how she allowed the show to articulate? I mean, I like, like I don't know how else would do it. I like the show on the whole. I didn't like her character, and I don't know how to disentangle those two things. Like, if we had, if we had this show, but just removed all of the really competent people from it, you just have South Park. So, like, you know, you, you can't... I don't know. I think I I'm think telling it you, adds I'm something telling you, to my it. Fi my fix for the show to make it better for me would be to just switch Jane and Daria around. I wonder how that would. Uh, I wonder how that would transpire. That, that would have, had... that would have done it for me a hundred percent. I wonder if they could. I wonder if they ever thought about doing a spinoff of just Jane. I think. I think they might have been. Really? Hold on. Let me let me look this up. Sure. I remember they were planning some sort of spinoff. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't surprise me too much. Um, man. Well, like the Morgendorfers or something, like the Patakis. That'd be pretty hard to do. Or like Joey. I would watch a I would watch a spinoff with Trent. Just call it Trent. Um, I don't know how Jane would actually 
I don't know if I would like it as much if it was if it was Jane focused. Like it, I think the fact that Daria is so different makes me pay attention more than if it was with Jane. Ah, here we go. Mm. Uh, in 2010, Daria: The Complete Animated Series was released on DVD. Um, that recently? In extra, in on, extra features included a, a script for an unproduced Mystic Spiral spinoff show. Oh man, Mystic Spiral spinoff show? Yeah. So silly. It's a Mystic <laughs> Spiral spinoff show. <laughs> Oh, I just got up. <laughs> it's like 6 p.m. trend. Yeah, well, I figured I had to get up a little bit early today. This whole Mystic Spiral spinoff show would be pretty bad. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't think Jane could sustain a show of this caliber by herself. Or as the not. focus. Like, I think I do, I do think that it was like the right move to pick Daria. But then again, I like the show a whole lot more than you do, it seems like. Uh yeah, I'll, I'll sign on to that. What uh, like where on the enjoyability spectrum is this for you? Um, hmm. I now I gotta go onto our website, look up all the look up know. shows that we've done. Ben, why don't you tell us about our website? <laughs> <laughs> well, if Zane, <laughs> well, uh, li- listener, if you want to figure out which shows you like better than uh, uh, yeah. than Daria. The you website's can, taking too long. I'm just going to scroll through my Zune. <laughs> you can go to the uh, you can go to the website at cartoncast.com, or you can go to our Facebook page. Uh, and uh, if you like us and want to support us, you can leave us a rating or review on iTunes. And more than anything else, tell your friends about the show. Um, I'm going to go on record as saying liked it more than Pelswick, but less than Ugly Americans. Less than Ugly Americans. I like love Ugly Americans the least of the three. I think. Um, like I think it, I think it was a little too close to that awkward thing. My my memory isn't the best, but since I did end up watching almost all of Ugly Americans, wow. I have to assume that I liked it more. I guess it did have Len. <laughs> Len's, Len's great. Uh, all right. Well, I think that's about it for Daria. That is. What are we enjoying next time? We are watching Capital Critters, a show that has been recommended to me by the Talking Nerdy podcast, and I'm really excited to figure out what it's about. And after uh, that, I watched the trailer. Something about bugs, okay, and rodents. Well, we'll see. <laughs> in Washington, yeah. Uh, expect absolutely no political commentary because we are not suited for it. And uh, <laughs> Zane, what are we watching after that? Is it time for an anime yet? No, uh, we're going to push that off a little bit because I had a request from somebody who is going to come on as a guest. Oh, come so, on now. Uh, the guests. other guy who was on the Scooby Doo podcast with me, uh, Phil. He Phil Ken Seven? I cannot wait. Incorrect. All he right. is gonna come on uh free to disagree. For us, and he is <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> I don't like that pause. That pause was so pregnant that I had other things in that sentence. Um he is a big fan of uh oldies things, oldies culture, you know, records and, and shows from the thirties, forties, fifties, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so we are going to be watching the original Popeye. Yeah, from, we will. From, from the 30s. Oh, <laughs> Not the 60s one, the 30s one. I don't know what to do about that, but that should be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad to have gotten a uh, MTV thing under our belt. And now we're going to be going to Battle of the Back to the 1930s. 
This is 30 years before anything that we've ever looked at before. No, nope, MTV of years. the 1930s. What was that about? Um, it's time for the music television television show. <laughs> Same, we didn't have... Starring the trombone and the bass. <laughs> You're standing on his neck. <laughs> Get real vintage neck gods. <laughs> Brought to you by Tobacco. Just the, con- just the concept of tobacco. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. Uh, good night, everyone. Generic brand. <laughs> Generic brand from Six Ed World. <laughs> does that work? Is that does that Generic brands that's on Six Ed World. I mean, whatever. Audience, you can pick your own. You can pick your own alliteration pun if you want. You be the judge. <laughs> Next, generic brands decide to go for legal office. <laughs> Generic brand judge on Six Ad World. Oh man, I can't wait for robotic judges. Well, <laughs> you can't wait for Minority Report. Uh, no, like robotic uh, Mike Judge. Oh yes, okay, very good. <laughs> <laughs> Dang king, it, Bobby, king of the heap. <laughs> king of the what? King of the heap. Like the trash heap? What are you no, talking like, about? Like a like a heap of electronics. You know, I guess I guess there's other. I guess it heaps. is trash heap, huh? <laughs> Can the human body take? In the wilds of California, a mountain biker is attacked by a killer mountain lion. In an instant, your life can be shattered without warning, your body broken, your future left hanging by a thread. Only the heroism of total strangers, cutting edge technology, and the practice of bold medicine stand between life and death. These are stories of survival, about real people pushed past their limits, lives forever changed by a moment of impact.